everybody, and welcome back to the Football Mecca Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hickey, and with me as always is AJ and Jeffrey. We've uh, we've hit a lot of technical difficulties. Well, I don't know if it's all, it's all from my end, and I don't know if it's the Skype, if it's the recording method we're using, but it's it hasn't been been good to say the least, uh, <laughs> to put it nicely. But um, you know, we're hoping to get back on the air. We're hoping to give you guys some information. Pretty sure we missed all of week uh, two because we tried to record two episodes and it didn't work. So we're just trying to get one at a time. Just taking it each podcast at a time, but uh, you know we we're we're done with the first quarter of the season. It's kind of nuts that it's already gone by. A lot of stuff has happened. A lot of surprises. A lot of uh, players not living up to their billing. So, fellas, what's going on? Not much. Hoping this can all work out finally. You know, just yeah, hopefully. I mean, really, nothing else we can do, us, but we just talk to each other. Yeah. The worst part is that they're all, they all sound so good, they're intense, but then we, we get to get to go post it and we just basically lie down in the fetal position and cry because we just wasted an, over an hour of our lives. Yeah, so basically what happens is it's just like we record it and then about a minute in, I'm the only one talking. So something happens with our audio and it just sounds like me talking to myself and laughing and saying yeah a bunch of times. <laughs> Which... So, uh, we can try to post that next time if anybody's interested. Yeah, maybe like a show <laughs> after the show. But uh, we've got we've got a good show for you today. We we got we're gonna hit some news uh, from from week three and the, or week four rather, <clears throat> and then uh, we're gonna give you our studs and duds from each position from the past week, and then we're gonna preview quickly the Thursday night game between the Cardinals and the 49ers. So starting in Arizona, Carson Palmer. Uh, they said he has a chance to play. He suffered a concussion in Sunday's game. Uh, he hit his his heart his head really hard on the turf, and he had to leave the game. Drew Stanton took over, so I guess we will get into this. But if you do have Carson Palmer, you need to monitor the situation because he plays on Thursday. I recommend just getting another option and not even having to deal with that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I don't know if I really want to deal with it all that much either. Uh, coming from back from concussion, you don't know when he's going to play. If he's a game time decision, last thing you want to do is put him in there, and then you'd be sitting all weekend with a big old goose egg in at your quarterback position. So I mean, I would, I would look elsewhere personally. If Palmer can play, I think he's a must start against San Francisco. But it's all going to depend. I guess we're obviously going to know within the next day if he's even got a shot because by Wednesday they'll need to have somewhat of it. He'd have to, I think, at least clear the first test by Wednesday because I'm pretty sure one of the tests you have to wait a day for. So we'll know by tomorrow. But if he is in, I would definitely start him. You know the Niners lost Navarro Bowman. They're going to be down DeForest Buckner. Um, John Brown looked like himself. Michael Floyd's been horrible, but I don't expect that to continue in Larry Fitz. I think that... You know, he's a top-five option if he does play. If he doesn't play, it's going to be very disappointing and obviously get other options if he's your only choice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll get into it because uh, they play Thursday night, so they'll be part of our Thursday preview. We'll talk about whether or not you should start the pass catchers for Arizona, but we'll get into that. Uh, Moving on to Tampa Bay, Doug Martin. 
uh, is likely out until after the week six bye. That doesn't come as much as a as a surprise. Uh, we figured that he would be missing a lot of time with this hamstring injury, but the surprise comes with Charles Sims. He has not been very effective as a workhorse back. He's been getting a, a ton of work, but he banged up his knee against the Broncos. He was very inefficient, and it's not really his fault. The, the Broncos, they, they're very good against the run. They shut him down, but there is talk that he is going to share the workload now, and they're going to lighten it on him because they, the coaching staff figured that uh, he wasn't, he wasn't performing as they thought he would as a workhorse back. So, AJ, what, what does this do for Charles Sims and, and, and their owners? You know, Dirk Cutters also came out publicly and said that he doesn't want Jameis Winston to throw as much and doesn't want Charles Sims to run as much. So I don't know if he's planning on just playing defense, but, you know, some, someone's got to get the ball eventually. So I think that Charles Sims will be all right. I think that, you know, you're not going to give Jaquiz Rogers 30 carries. So I think that he's a fine option for Monday night against the Panthers. But I'm not as excited about him as I was. You know, I started him this past week. I was pretty disappointed. He uh, tried to pitch the, pitch the ball back to Jameis Winston and fumbled. I don't know why he did what he did. And um, but Doug Martin, you know, I'm kind of happy he's out this week and they're not rushing him back as a Doug Martin owner. Because there's a great chance that he comes back and just goes off. Doug Martin historically started the seasons off slow either way even when he's not hurt when he's had his big seasons first couple of games he's always started slow so having having a just cupcake matchups basically at the end of the year is going to be very beneficial for him but yeah i agree uh the one thing i think this shows is that charles sims just cannot be a workhorse back himself i mean he's best suited best fit as being a complimentary role to somebody that can be the workhorse back it's a little disappointing because i mean he was looking good in the uh, looking good in the preseason, you know, looking good last year as a receiving back. So yeah, it's a little fresh. I, I own Charles Sims myself. Uh, luckily, I also have Christine Michael, so I was able to start Michael over Sims, you know, this last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, it, it makes me nervous even going into Carolina that with everything that's going on with Sims and the Bucks team as a whole, you know, it just makes me nervous with him, even yeah, with Carolina struggling. It's tough because I feel like everybody that drafted Sims kind of was hoping for this moment. You know, you don't want people to get hurt, but you were preparing if Doug Martin, you know, was ineffective or if he did get hurt, you were you knew that Charles Sims was going to walk right into a, a workload back situation and he just hasn't produced. So it's kind of disappointing from a fantasy perspective. I know that I drafted him in a ton of leagues because I figured that's what would happen, but now it's almost it's almost like he's going to be just another guy in that system. So it's it's disappointing to say the least. Uh moving on to to Baltimore, Justin Forsett was released by the team. Uh Kenneth Dixon is expected to come back. He's expected to make his debut week 5. If he's out there, I would pick him up. Uh he's worth a stash in every league. I don't think he's going to get a lot of work in week 5 just cuz it's his first game back. It's it's his first NFL game. So 
let me ask you this. Is is Terrence West the guy to own right now out of that backfield? I have Terrence West currently in one of my in a couple of my leagues. I'm starting him personally. And he put up really good numbers. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, as long as they're giving someone the ball, I feel like now with Dixon back, they'll try to mix him into kind of what Charles Sims is when Doug Martin is in there. But, you know, he's going to have every opportunity to take the lead role. But I would definitely pick up Wes for now because you see, you know, in the preseason he looked great. And then once he was given a chance to really be the guy, he was productive. You know, he wasn't amazing, but he got the job done. So against Washington this week, I think he's a great flex play spot start if you could pick him up because Washington's defense doesn't stop anybody. Yeah, Correct. most definitely. He's got, he's got a great he's got a great matchup, and uh, I I wouldn't mind picking him up for a spot start. You know, say if you have somebody on a buy like um, who's on a buy? We got say if you have Christian Michael or Christian Michael, Spencer Ware, Jamal yeah. Charles, so, Ivory Yeldon. Yeah, so he's a good he's a good uh, flex play, a little spot start. But I, in my opinion, I see that backfield being Kenneth Dixon's once he kind of gets going and gets in a rhythm of things. But now we're going to move on to New York. It was the Monday night game, and this just continues to be the headlines every time the Giants play lately, is that Odell Beckham Jr. cannot control his emotions on the field and on the sidelines. And I think we saw last night that it did kind of have an effect on his play. Um, he when, when he went up against Josh Norman and the Redskins, you know, he was throwing his tirades on the sideline, but he still performed well. And I don't know if that was a product of, you know, Washington doesn't have a great defense. Minnesota has a phenomenal defense. And I don't know if, you know, what the difference is there in terms of how he felt. But, I mean, this his he, he had a career-low 23 receiving yards. So are we are we kind of concerned about Odell and his, his tirades affecting his play? Jack and Lex, you want me to start it, huh? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, being a Vikings fan, I love seeing that last night, personally. I know you guys didn't, being Giants fans. Uh, but I've been somebody who, I mean, I think I, somebody for a while now that thinks that his antics, his attitude, everything like that is just something that's causing a distraction overall for the team. I mean, you seen going into halftime yesterday when they were walking back to the locker room that one of, his, one of the offensive linemen were sitting there basically just laying into him as they're walking in there, telling him to basically quit it, stop it, you know. We don't need any of that stuff on the field. It's hurting us, you know. He Essentially, if you look at it, he had a 15-yard penalty last night and only 23 yards receiving, so take it take it for what it is. He had eight total yards yesterday, you know. I mean, having an attitude like that, all it's going to do is hurt your team. It's, you could be driving. For instance, he could be driving down the field, catch a 40-yard pass, get up, have one of his antics and then get that 15 yard penalty and then it's done you know so he to me i think he's got to stop that or else it's gonna it's gonna continuously hurt his team you know the giants as a whole it's gonna hurt everybody on that team the running backs the line it's just gonna make them all just i don't even think focus well but the one thing that i think happens if he keeps acting that way it's gonna make eli not want to go to him as much personally but the one thing he has been doing is making it so that all defensive teams and defensive backs know how to stop him now. Play physical with him, get up in his face, trash talk him so he gets into his mode. So 
I think until he fixes that, it, 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 for me, I think the struggle is real. <laughs> AJ? Yeah, um, very, very, very disappointed in Odell. Um, you know, I've been a huge supporter of the guy, obviously, as a Giants fan. Met him this offseason, interviewed him. You know, it seemed like a stand-up guy. My main takeaway was that he was well beyond his years. But for some reason, whenever he goes onto the football field, he turns into a child. And, you know, as a guy that would be versing Odell, like Jeff said, the first thing I would do as a cornerback is I would walk onto the field and I would say the most absolutely horrible things to the guy. I would I would honestly try to punch him in the face before the game starts. I would just do something because you know he's going to take himself right out of the game. And like um, Shannon Sharp was saying today on Undisputed, I don't watch that show because Skip Bayless is on it and he's a waste of space. I agree. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I saw a clip on Twitter today about what Shannon Sharp was saying in that, you know, I thought he made perfect sense, you know, as a former player that, when it turns into that, the pride of Odell, like, I'm going to show you up, uh, Xavier Rhodes, it becomes not about the Giants anymore. It's about Odell and Odell winning his one-on-one matchup and that he's more worried about getting 100 yards than he is the Giants getting the win. And, yeah, he, it's, it's getting to the point where I'd rather turn on ESPN and hear how the Giants are bad or how the Giants' defense is bad, then is Odell a baby? Does Odell need to grow up? I'm so sick of hearing this. This is your third year. It's not like he's a child anymore. Yeah, he's 23 years old, but he's in his third NFL season. He's got millions of dollars in endorsements to protect. I mean, at one what point, it's not going to get any easier. Like, do you think next week now Demarius Randall's going to not say a word to him? He's going to – they're going to be chomping at the bit, waiting to – Clay Matthews is going to go up to him and probably tell him he's going to eat his eat his family. Like, I don't know what they're going to say to this guy, <laughs> but, like, he needs to know now. Yes, he is a targeted player. I see him going, but I, 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 I'm tired of defending him. And to add on to that, he's not separating. When he's, at the, when he's on the outside, it's not like he's been godlike Odell that we're used to seeing. He isn't separating from coverage like he used to. He's dropping passes because he's mentally taking himself out of the game. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown. Fantasy-wise, he's the wide receiver 30 in .5 PPR leagues. I don't know what he is in standard or anything like that. But, I mean, he's got to get it together. You, Eli, you could tell Eli's not a very easy guy to read, and you could tell Eli is fed up with Odell Beckham Jr., um, the team is fed up. Ben McAdoo's fed up. I know Jerry Reese had to talk to him, and it's just a shame, and he seems to be very much going down that Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, Johnson, Randy Moss type diva personality, mentally take themselves out of the game before they're It's just disappointing because he's a supreme talent, and he's, he's just, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's tough for Giants fans because, like, obviously, like, we're fans, and we want to see him do well, but man, he was just acting like a clown. Like He's just a baby. He's being like, he's literally acting like a baby. Like, like I'm I'm a diehard Giants fan, but if I was not a Giants fan, like, I'd be cracking up at this guy. I'd be like, yeah. look, at this, look at this loser. Like, stop crying. Welcome yeah. to the jungle. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we don't really know because we don't, like, we don't know what's going on in his head. We don't know what he's thinking, but just from what it seems like. And 
it's tough already because he is a supreme talent. He's so dynamic that the cameras are going to be on him anyway. But when you start doing this kind of stuff, you know, stomping now, up Now they're down, always uh, following you. Yeah, so now they're always going to have a camera in your face, and you're not going to be able to get away from it. So... And when the and when the Giants fans like when I start t- saying that I'm I've had enough, that's when you really overstayed your freaking welcome because I'll go to bat for you forever, especially when you're the best player on our team. But like at one point, like just shut up, go catch the, the ball. One thing I kind of want to touch on that AJ says like no separation. You could see that last night uh, watching the game. Obviously, being a Vikings fan, when I seen Rhodes went out a little bit because they rotate their corners. I seen Terrence Newman was on him, and I'm like, oh no, 38 year old man with a walker covering Terrence OBJ. Newman you know, was, he was all over. This, on he locked him he up. Was, he, he was he was step for step with thing. him going down go the sideline. Yeah, like, you want to go for 300 <laughs> yards and then cry and act like you're a targeted player? That's one thing. Like go for 303 touchdowns and then maybe we won't be as mad about this. Like Julio Jones. Julio Jones didn't say a word. They had to beg Julio Jones to talk after dropping 300 yards. You know, Odell wants to cry and say he's a targeted player. He had 23 freaking yards. Go catch a pass. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there I just, we go. I think so. We got to get, off, we gotta get off this topic. There's <laughs> that. It's getting hot. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what we got for the news for you today. Uh, don't forget to check out QBMecca.com. Follow QBMecca on Twitter at QB underscore Mecca. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ke- Kevin. Hickey 11, Jeffrey's at jsnides4, and AJ's at SSAJMalakNFL. Uh, so now we're going to get into our studs and does discussion. We're going to talk about who stood out to us, both good and bad, in week four of the season. And I'll start uh, with, with my quarterback. We're going to go through each position. My first quarterback was Big Ben. It was He was unbelievable. Uh, he absolutely tore up. The Chiefs, I mean, it was, they were, you could tell they were angry about their loss against the Eagles because Big Ben just came out and threw five touchdowns. I played against him. They weren't so, stopping either. So, like, you were probably like, oh, he's got three now, stop. Like, no, they no. came out firing. Yeah. They were they firing in the fourth quarter. They didn't care. Yeah. I, actually, I actually played against Big Ben and Julio. Oh, nice. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, I bet you. Guaranteed They needed his crab tree in there. Yeah, I bet, really. bet you didn't win. So that was he's my first he's my quarterback stud and then my dud of the week was actually on my team it was a, against the guy that had Big Ben and Julio and that was Matt Stafford I really expected him to have a better game than he did um, going against the Bears and I don't know I just I, I liked Stafford because I got him in like the 14th round and he puts up solid numbers because that defense is so bad he's usually throwing but he had a brutal week so he's my those are my quarterback studs and duds of, of week four. Week four, excuse me. Uh, go ahead. Squeaker. Oh, man. Still going through <laughs> puberty. Uh, well, I had the same the same stud right away, uh, but I can I can kind of go off of that and go to a different one uh, so we can kind of put a little bit more out there. And I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I mean, the, the guy. <laughs> guy you guys are leaving but, me the money ball here. <laughs> the guy has a bum ankle, bum knee. Still throws three touchdowns and for over 300 yards. Uh, you know, it, it, it was against the Jets defense where they look a little bit weak in the secondary, but the front seven of the Jets is still still elite, still legit. And even with his offensive line, he was able to produce those numbers. So uh, I I really, really was not expecting that good a production from Russell Wilson uh, this week, but uh, he, he ended, up, ended up putting it out there and 
for my dud, I, I have to agree. I have Stafford. I I can't just not talk about this. I mean, he had just a fantastic matchup, looking great. Marvin Jones is coming off a fantastic game, and he faces the Bears and can get nothing done. Like it, it was it was a disappointing overall game for the Lions as a whole, and it's just frustrating that Stafford wasn't able to do anything against that just horrible Bears defense. So that's my studs and duds for quarterbacks for week four. All right. Well, somehow I'm last and made it to my stud being Matt Ryan, who <laughs> threw for 503 yards and four touchdowns against the Panthers defense. I have people asking me on Twitter if they should start Matt Ryan or, you know, I don't even remember half the people, but almost none of the time I said Matt Ryan. He was in my afterthoughts. My afterthought, Ace is an afterthought, <laughs> this week was brutal. I had Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, and Matt Ryan as three of the four in there. So, yeah, it was a brutal, brutal week for me. Don't listen Championship. to me Championship. Unfollow me on Twitter. You know, curse me out. Do what you got to do. But, uh, yeah, Matt Ryan, he's the number one quarterback. And right now, after four weeks, he's the MVP of the league, and it's not even close. This guy is on pace for almost 6,000 yards passing. Now, obviously, I expect that to dip. Um, you know, he's got Denver at Denver at Seattle coming up, which is just absolutely brutal. But we also thought that Carolina was going to be brutal, and he, he took them to town. Uh, you know, over 35 fantasy points. Um, yeah, there's really nothing much. I don't know if Matt Ryan got better or just his team got better. but And it also helps that their defense is quietly still terrible. It's awful. So, oh, yeah. He's still going to have to catch up. Everyone's kind of talking like Atlanta's like won something. I still don't think they actually have a shot in the NFC South, kind of like last year when they started 5-0. Their defense is still awful. If Matt Ryan even just regresses a little bit, they're in big trouble. Yeah, I have a buddy that's so, a diehard Matt Ryan fan. And it's like, are you believing yet? I'm like, not until after week six. No, honestly, I'm still not. <laughs> I'm still not believing, but good for Matt Ryan. I mean, 503 yards, four touchdowns. You probably benched Obnoxious. him which sucks. Yeah. But um, yeah, my my dud of the week. I can't believe I, uh, my stud got. That. I can't believe I got that stud. Relentless. But um, I'll go with the, the non-obvious. Right. <laughs> my dud of the week is uh, Drew Brees. You know, at San Diego, they don't have the greatest pass defense. He's getting vultured by John Coon. I can't believe John <laughs> Coon's back to haunt people's nightmares. I don't think there's one person in the world. That, that plays fantasy football, that likes John Coon. He's got to be one of the most hated people in the world. Unless but you own him for some ungodly reason. If you play John Coon, <laughs> send us send us a screenshot for proof, and you could take our job. You start doing the podcast. Because <laughs> there's no way you play John Coon. But, um, yeah, Drew Brees, the thing that's killing me about Drew Brees is, yeah, it was a bad week, but the home and road splits again starting to scare me. You know, he comes out and puts up over 30 at home, then plays a Giants defense, 14. Then goes, plays Atlanta at home, puts up 25 at San Diego, you know, 207, two touchdowns, 11 points, two picks. And then his home games coming up are Carolina, Seattle, Denver, LA, Detroit, Tampa Bay. So even his home games are tough matchups. So if he's going to not be able to, if for some reason Drew Brees gets on a plane and all of a sudden forgets how to play football, that's going to be a problem. And 
you know, he's the second ranked quarterback right now behind Matt Ryan, but the, he's got you got to be concerned with the um, the home matchups being the tough ones and his road uh, splits being terrible. So hopefully, you know, after this bye week, he's home. Then he's at KC. Arrowhead's not the easiest place to play, but I want to see him drop at least 20 points to make me feel better about keeping Drew Brees this year. Yep. No, definitely. Yeah, he's, he he struggled. He struggled this year, so that's it's tough. Makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. He gets on a plane, and all of a sudden, he's not a Hall of Famer anymore. Like it makes no sense. I don't know. It must be something with the jet lag. But uh, AJ, why don't you uh, why don't you continue and give us your running backs? You know what I've realized? The more and more I I research and know about fantasy, the more I hate it. The more and more I know about. So uh, my stud for the week. Is DeMarco Murray. I mean, we were sleeping on this guy flat out, let's be real. Unless you weren't, but I don't believe you. Um, once Derrick Henry was drafted in the second round, you know, he got, I was – DeMarco Murray was kind of one of my guys back late in May. And, you know, once I saw he got traded to Tennessee, I was like, all right, people think DeMarco's not good anymore because Chip Kelly, you know, was inept in using him. And I'm really excited about DeMarco. And then once Derrick Henry got drafted – I was down on him. Then watching Derrick Henry in the preseason, I was like, there's no chance that I'm going to waste a draft pick on DeMarco Murray. You know, I was drafting Latavius Murray before DeMarco in about the same slots. And DeMarco's the number one running back right now. I mean, he's been he's been seeing eight-man boxes just as much as anyone in the NFL, and he is averaging over five yards a carry against eight-man boxes. I mean, it's not like defenses haven't tried to take him away he's just he just looks great right now he's involved in the passing game you know he's getting the goal line work derrick henry barely sniffed the field last week i I, if you drafted demarco murray you're cashing in right now he's a full-blown rb1 until further notice he's got miami cleveland indy jacksonville san diego coming up then green bay indy chicago again his schedule is cakewalk i can't see any way DeMarco Murray isn't a top five back by the time December rolls around. So good for you if you drafted him and bad for me. <laughs> yeah, I, That I, schedule's insane. Yeah, I, I stayed away yeah. from him because I thought I thought the same thing. Me too. Thing. You, watched DeMar- you watched the way Derrick Henry was running. The fact that they invested a second round pick in him. You're like, all right, halfway through the year, Derrick Henry's going to take over. But it doesn't seem like that. It, that DeMarco schedule is insane. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's very... He's he's big in the passing game too, which is huge for running backs. So yeah, who's your uh, who's your dud? My dud of the week, you know, we uh, talked about him already. Charles Sims, you know, people were saying. I had a couple of friends say to me, like, "Well, what did you expect from Charles Sims? He was playing Denver um, going into that week. Denver was a bottom five rush defense. They were giving up almost five yards a carry. You know, they're obviously." The best defense, eh, Jeff, you might not agree with me. One of the top three best defenses in the <laughs> NFL. But, um, yeah, they're not good against the run, and weren't at least. And Charles Sims, I mean, he could have salvaged this day. It wouldn't have been a good day. But, I mean, trying to pitch that ball back to Jameis Winston was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, you know, then he gets hurt and falls off the field, then comes back and might as well have stayed off the field. And... To make matters even worse, Jaquiz Rogers looked pretty good. I hate to admit it, but you know he was yeah, running he hard. Really good. So he, yeah, he was running hard, and I don't know. I, I'm 
in a couple of my leagues, I'm kind of almost forced into playing Charles Sims this week with the bye weeks, like Kristen Michael, Spencer Ware, guys like that. And I'm not super excited about it, especially now at the injury report. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to – am I going to start your quiz Rogers? Like, probably not. So, yeah, Charles Sims really let me down. Like you were saying, most of the people that drafted him, a lot of people drafted him without even drafting Doug Martin as a handcuff just because they knew if Doug Martin was to go down, God forbid, there was going to be such an opportunity for Charles Sims. And this is kind of the, the three weeks where you made that pick for and he's not cashing in on it. Nope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, suppose I will hop on the train next here and I will go. My stud is actually Isaiah Crowell. Uh, this week he had 15 carries, it looks like. Um, you know, he 16 carries, sorry, 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, he, he's been looking good as the featured back for Cleveland. Uh, looks like Duke Johnson is really just basically Duke Johnson's in that Giovanni Bernard role while Isaiah Corral is in that Jeremy Hill role. And he is seizing the opportunity and taking full advantage of it because he is looking good. He looks fast. He's taking care of the ball finally. And one thing that we know that uh, Hugh Jackson likes to do is run the ball. And I, I think Crowell is he's definitely surprised me this year so far with what he's doing. So that's Crowell is definitely my stud of the week. I know he went against Washington, but – Either way, he's he's still on a bad Cleveland Browns team. So, Crowell is definitely my stud for this week. And then going into my dud, I've got uh, actually Legarrette Blunt, Blunt Man and Chronic over here. He uh, struggled a little bit. He had 13, 13 carries for fifty four yards. And I, I know they they lost sixteen nothing, but with Jacoby Brissett then playing at home, even with them being down right away, I mean being down thirteen. I believe they're down 13 nothing pretty quickly. Uh, I was still expecting them to basically ride the Garrett Blunt as much as possible. Uh, you're facing a Rex Ryan team that doesn't seem like they can really score that many points, and you're at home, let, let alone anything else. So I was expecting a lot more out of him this week, but he highly disappointed me with, uh, with his output. So that is my dud for week four. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people were kind of hoping they were going to get one last hurrah from LeGarrette Blount before Tom Brady came back. But that let, me, let me ask you a quick question. Why, before the draft and during this offseason, did the fantasy community, we included, what was the difference between Duke Johnson and Charles Sims below? Like, why were we so high on Duke Johnson and slept on Isaiah Crowell as opposed to... Like, Duke Don- Johnson's exactly what Sims is. He's exactly what Powell is. He's exactly what... All- I don't get why, I, myself included, like I was really high on Duke Johnson, and now that this is happening with Crowell, I'm kind of thinking, like, like what's the difference between him and Charles Sims, that Charles there's, Sims went after Duke Johnson? Yeah, there really isn't. There's no difference. To be honest. I, th- I think the main thing is that a lot of people, even when Duke Johnson was getting drafted, thought that he would be a good runner between the tackles, you know? Right, get carries. Yep, you know, get, getting the carries and stuff like that, but uh, having the coach at – they, that the Browns do, I, I included, I was expecting Duke Johnson to take this backfield and run with it with Crowell being the being the pounder in the goal line or something, you know, but it is completely opposite, just like in Cincy right now, where Jeremy Hill is the main guy and Gio is the, Gio's the receiving back, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I was I, I included it was Duke Johnson all the way. But Crowell, I mean, he obviously has talent, 
but I wasn't expecting this to happen on a Browns. Crowell was Crowell went like six rounds after Duke Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Looking back on that, it's just like, wow, we are done. But go ahead, Kevin. Just <laughs> happens, just wanted to highlight that. That, that happens every year, though. I mean, there, there's yep. always somebody that you pick way later than. But that one's that, that one like um, it's not like oh, how did we know that? Like that one's kind of just like yeah, we're we overthought. Yeah, that, I mean that's basically what it is. But um, moving on, my stud running back is uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Lashawn McCoy. Uh, he had a great game. I I figured with Sammy Watkins out that Bill Belichick would just load the box and make Ty and make Tyrod throw and kind of keep uh, Lashawn McCoy in check, but he had 108 total yards. He had a, a receiving touchdown, which kind of which boosted his day. But uh, I was I was really impressed to see that he was able to put up that kind of day against Bill Belichick because we all know Bill Belichick likes to take away the top option. Uh, but my dud is, and this has been going on for a couple weeks now, is that uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, if I'm a Latavius Murray owner, I'm worried. 100%. We figured it was going to be him in the backfield and then maybe DeAndre Washington a little bit. But this is almost a full-blown committee. He had 24 total yards, 19 rushing yards, and 5 yards receiving. I mean, if I'm a Latavius Murray owner, I'm freaking out because some people that uh, employed the uh, zero running back strategy drafted him as their RB1, and he is not putting yeah. up any numbers. I mean, he's put up some okay numbers because he scored touchdowns. But without that, he just has not been getting, not been getting the the workload that we expect. He got ten touches this week, right? Yeah, eight eight carries, two receptions. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's been the struggle's been real, and right now he's just a touchdown dependent running back, like a running back two, like low low running back two, if not just a flex option. Like, but he's hardcore touchdown dependent in that offense right now. Definitely. So if you're a Latavius Murray owner, I would start looking around for some replacements. But uh, we'll we'll move on, Jeffrey. Who's your who are your wide receiver studs, and does? Uh, my wide receiver stud is Michael Crabtree. Uh, you know, and it, it pains me because I going into the year I thought for sure that Cooper was going, Mark was going to be the guy that to own. To you know, he was just going to have this breakout year, just dominate. You know, coming to his own in the second season, and I don't know if he's if he's hit a rookie or his sophomore slump if teams are just you know bracketing him in coverage of whatever they're doing but Michael Crabtree this week you know had the three touchdowns Derek Carr definitely trusts him in the red zone he'll throw it up to him you know single coverage double coverage whatever the case he trusts him he only had 88 yards with those three touchdowns is something that I personally was not necessarily expecting against Baltimore I mean Baltimore had one of the better defenses going into the going into the week and so Crabtree surprised me with his his overall play this uh, this last week, and then my dud is uh, actually Brandon Cooks uh, facing San Diego. It, I mean, come on, <laughs> faith in San Diego. You should be able to dominate. Cooks primarily plays in the plays in the slot. Him and Willie Sneed kind of swap out, but in the slot, you're not going to have Jason Wright covering you there. So I was expecting him to have wide open lanes. You know quick screens, quick slants, stuff like that for him to get the ball in his hands. But he ended up with 31 yards receiving. Three catches for 31 yards. So it uh, kind of goes off what AJ said about Drew Brees. I mean, he's struck, been struggling on the road. So uh, you know, I, when he's struggling, obviously the receivings are, receivers are struggling. So uh, definitely Brandon Cooks was my, my dud this week. 
Hey Jay, how about you? Here yeah. <laughs> I will I will go next, I assume. Yeah, my, um, my phone rang. This guy isn't my stud, but I just happened to scroll across this. I play in all point five PPR leagues. Eddie Royals, wide receiver nineteen and has ten more points than than Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, and Alshon Jeffrey. When the hell did Eddie Royal score fantasy points? He had a huge week this last week. <laughs> man, oh man, Eddie Royal. Wide receiver two, not owned in my league. Soon to be owned. Um, yeah, my stud of the week is my stud of the year. My man, Adriel Jeremiah Green. Uh, I know you guys probably, it's long in the rear view when he took everyone on Miami's lunch money. Um, but... God almighty, he went to work. I've, I've probably watched that game five times on Game Pass since, <laughs> since Thursday because it was just, it was just, he went it was out. like the def, it was the definition, like kind of like he didn't get targeted enough. He should have gone for 300 yards just like Julio, but he, it was kind of like how you would like if you just repeatedly got dunked on in a basketball game and just never got out of the way and just kept getting dunked on. That's kind of what AJ, AJ Green to the Dolphins, and I'm going to go as far as to say on this podcast, which will not only be written in stone, but written in verbiage, A.J. Green is going to finish the year as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. And that's, uh, he just is. I just, he, this was the year, you know, we kind of wait and a lot of time, you know, Antonio Brown will be right there. He'll be two or three. He'll all be there two or three, but this is the full on AJ Green breakout, you guys never speak about me here. And with, you know, I talked about with Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu gone and Tyler Eifert out, you know, that that he was going to get plenty of targets and that people kind of forget that this guy's just as talented as those guys. He just hasn't been in the offense, hasn't produced the stats. But, I mean, if you switched A.J. Green and Julio Jones and put them on the same offenses or Antonio Brown and A.J. Green, you know, they, he put up similar numbers to those guys. He's just as good as them. It just happens to be the offense he's in. And, um, yeah, I think that this is this is not, not the end. This is the beginning for the A.J. Green mega year. He's on pace for over 120 receptions, over 1,800 yards, and uh, – Eight TDs. I think that you could book them for a hundred, seventeen hundred, and ten. You know, with Tyler Eifert back, I think that only helps because it gives someone out, somebody else, for the defense to respect. And uh, Andy Dalton's been underratedly really good, throwing for a lot of volume. So AJ Green is my stud of the week, and I'm sure this will be deja vu on a weekly basis as he continues to dominate the league. And my dud of the week. Oh, I just lost my place. Oh, my dud of the week is. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. My dud of the week, surprisingly, is Allen Robinson. Now, hear me out. Allen Robinson, five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. So how could it be a dud, you ask? Well, I'll explain this to you. Um, <laughs> he's facing the Colts. He gets double-digit targets, and, you know, watching that game, finally really watching Allen Robinson up close, him and Bortles don't seem to have the connection that they had recently. And, you know, as a Allen Robinson owner, you would think, you know what, I'll take it, double digits in three games uh, in, in PPR and .5 PPR leagues, you know. 
it's kind of what you signed up for. But his potential with these targets that he's getting, he could easily be the wide receiver one. He's getting monster volume, monster red zone opportunities, and he's just, you know, he's not really converting. It's I don't even think it's on Bortles as much as it's kind of just been on him, you know, lazy routes I've noticed. Um, a couple drops, not really able to um, take over on top fight corners. And, you know, his schedule coming up is favorable. So it's kind of more, you know, he's not a dud. You didn't put him in your lineup and he didn't kill you. It's more kind of a call out to Allen Robinson. You know, get it together because you could be easily a top five receiver. You know, that contract's coming up. His boy Hearns just got paid. So, I mean, he... He's leaving millions on the table with every missed opportunity. And, um, yeah, he's not – yeah, that's – I would say my dad's Randall Cobb, but he was on a bye week, and uh, he probably right. would have scored zero if he wasn't. So We'll wait for next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope you're icing up, Randall Cobb. <laughs> that's that's definitely an interesting take uh, on that. I had Randall Cobb – or not Randall Cobb. Now you got me thinking about Randall Cobb. I had Allen Robinson. I'm uh, sorry about that. On a couple teams, <laughs> but uh, – yeah, I mean, I was okay with his performance, but you definitely bring up a good point. I mean, with the number of targets he's seeing. And I think it's not all Allen Robinson. He could have got you 30 also, this week is yeah. what I kind of meant. By. Yeah. Well, yeah he could have, also he could have, Blake Bortles as well. Yeah, Bortles looks like he's regressed this year, which yeah. is very disappointing. So, but uh, moving on, my, my wide receiver stud is Will Fuller. Because not only did he catch seven passes, for 81 touchdowns, or for 80, 81 touchdowns. Holy fuck Yeah, talk, talk about a fantasy day, right? 81 touchdowns. Uh, 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, he also took a punt return for a touchdown. So, I mean, those are like, that's gold right there for fantasy yeah. owners. Um, that's like. Especially in leagues where you get points for return yards, too. You probably got your 50. Yeah, so he, he was my stud. He's a huge part of that offense. Uh, from from the get go, he's been a huge part of that offense, and uh, he's definitely my stud. And then my dud is the other guy, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he was he, yeah. he was brutal this week. It's um, two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm honestly, if I'm a DeAndre Hopkins owner, I'm worried. Will Fuller's getting a ton of targets. Um, DeAndre Hopkins just isn't he just isn't putting up the numbers that we thought. He's, I mean, if you look at his splits from last year. From when the Texans were losing a lot of games, when their defense was bad in like the first half of the season, DeAndre Hopkins was averaging like 12 targets a game, 12 to 15 targets a game. When they started winning, when their defense figured it out, they kind of moved their offensive game plan away from DeAndre Hopkins, and he was seeing like seven to eight targets a game. And I think this is what we're kind of seeing. We're seeing the the uh, target share not be all the way through. DeAndre Hopkins, because now Osweiler has weapons to go to. So uh, he was Osweiler of the week. Brutal too, man. Yeah, he is it, too. I, I, he is I always brutal. I thought that was a bad sign. Even yeah. with him playing good and getting the win, like he, oh man, he misses read after read. It's it's been frustrating with Hopkins, but being as how high you probably drafted him, I mean. It, right now, you're not going to want to trade him. You're not going to sell low, in my opinion. You're going to want to keep him because of the upside he has, kind of like an Allen Robinson. But definitely uh, try to trade for him if you are somebody that wants to trade for him. 
see what you can see what little that that person wants but yeah i mean i agree this last week's been frustrating last couple of weeks uh, you'll have like a, a touchdown but like 40 yards you know something like that but he he needs something needs to happen there i don't know if anything's going to change with o'brien calling the plays now but don't see it getting any better against your vikings this week either they've been locking up the number ones no and that, everybody yeah luck well luckily we have probably the best defensive mind in football right now with Zimmer because he somehow he knows how to blanket just all the every team we go up against but uh yeah it's, it's a tough matchup for both Fuller and and Hopkins next week definitely and, and I'm gonna kick off the tight ends uh Hunter Henry is my tight end stud I picked him up a couple weeks ago on one of my teams and I I was rewarded this week four receptions 61 yards and a touchdown uh against the Saints so I think you know he's there's there's kind of a trend where rookie tight ends don't have that much production, especially in the fantasy community. But I mean, he stepped right in. He's he's seen a lot of targets with with Keenan Allen down and and Danny Woodhead out. Uh, he's he's going to continue to see targets as long as Antonio Gates is is sidelined. So uh, he was my stud. I I have high hopes for him. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, He's definitely worth a pickup in, in, in all leagues if you need a tight end. And then my dud is Dennis Pitta. I was kind of hoping he was going to give me a good week. Uh, but <laughs> he had he, – I was, you know, I, uh, I was just so frustrated with him because I really expected him to have at least, like, 20 yards. But no. Yeah, it's me, all right. He gave me 17. Only, only streamed them on eight teams. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Struggle is real. Up, but – that that's my dud of the week. So Jeffrey, go ahead. Uh, my stud of the week, and it's not that he had just a fantastic game or anything, but I mean, with it being a tight end, is actually Kyle Rudolph. Uh, the reason he is my stud, and it, the only reason he is actually my stud, is because he's easily the number two option in the offense behind Diggs, and he scored a touchdown the last three games. I mean, his targets are up around like he's had eight targets, eight targets, seven or seven and ten. So. I mean, he's he's getting the targets, he's getting the volume in the offense. Uh, you know, he's moving the chains. Bradford trusts him in you know third and short situations. You know, if he's covered, whatever in the red zone. So he was my start of the week this week just because of his well, I mean, his 55 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I'll take 11 and a half points non PPR from a tight end really any week, uh, and that's basically what he's averaging so far. Uh, and I, I like him going the rest of the year because of his volume with Bradford, trusting him so much. And my dud is somebody that we have talked about plenty of times on this podcast and actually on Twitter, people asking us questions and everything like that. And that is none other than Kobe Fleener. A week after, you know, rocketing up into the sky with 109 yards and a touchdown, he gets a nice matchup against San Diego and he gets 19 yards. So, uh, right as he gives everybody false hope, comes right back down to earth and just really makes everybody instantly mad again if you started him. I uh, just, I didn't honestly didn't see much of the game, but all I can say is that it has been incredibly disappointing for somebody the Saints paid a high amount of money for, in what everyone thought is a tight end friendly offense for him to literally put up nothing this year, essentially. So. That is my dud of the week and actually my fantasy tight end dud of the year so far and will probably continue. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody agrees with that. AJ, how about you? 
Um, my start of the week, actually, it was going to be Kyle Rudolph because he also he hasn't had less than 60 yards or a touchdown this season. He's been unbelievable. But, um, yeah, my stud of the week is the great Cameron Brait, um, you know, against the Denver Denver defense that absolutely dominated the Bucs. Um, Jameis Winston couldn't do anything right, but when he could do something right, it was throw it to this guy. Um, you know, coming off a game where he had two TDs and five catches for 46 yards, he follows it up with five catches for 67 yards. And now that sounds like, uh, whatever, five catches for 67 yards. When it comes to this crappy tight end situation that we deal with on a yearly basis, that's great. I'll take five for 67 all day. If I'm if I didn't draft one of the top three guys, um, give me five for 67. Like, like you said, I picked up Dennis Pitta this week hoping for five for 50. And I mean, he couldn't get us 20 yards. So if you could get five for 67... Cameron Brait, he, with Safarian Jenkins, you know, gone, he seems to have a good report with uh, Jameis Winston. Mike Evans is on pace for over 200 targets, kind of close to what Julio did last year. And at one point, defenses are going to say, beat us with someone else. And I think Brait's the guy that Winston's going to look to as a security blanket. Um, I think he's a tight end one going forward. As of right now, Carolina's actually not been too great against the tight end. So I wouldn't mind starting break on uh, Monday night, and he's actually the guy that I'm uh, I'm picking up in the waivers this week because I got Travis Kelsey on a bye, and so right, yeah. If you he, got he's not owned, and so I'm picking him up to start. Yeah, and week. his schedule is nice. Uh, he's got San Fran, Oakland, Atlanta, who have both been terrible against tight end. Chicago, KC, Seattle, not too good. Then San Diego, New Orleans, Dallas, New Orleans. Anyone on Tampa Bay, you got. If you're headed towards the playoffs, get them in your lineup. They got New Orleans, Dallas, New Orleans in the playoffs. I could promise you someone on the ball, even Jameis Winston, buy low on him. I mean, they're gonna you're going to win a championship off a guy. Like I said with the Doug Martin thing, too. You got Doug Martin fully healthy playing New Orleans and Dallas in the playoffs. You're going to get – he should get 20 points a week. So get your books. Pick up Cameron Braid. He should be a tight end one going forward. And um, my dud is the guy that, you know, went significantly in, ahead of everyone else. And that's Mr. Rob Gronkowski. Um, you know, not good again. And the concern isn't necessarily his performance as much as he barely ran any routes. He was the blocker where it was Martellus Bennett going out and catching the passes. And now I know people will say, I'll wait for Tom Brady, wait for Tom Brady. But the the reports out of New England are not good for Gronk. They're saying that sources close to the Patriots um, are saying that the Patriots are severely worried about Gronk's hamstring. It never came around the way they wanted it to. You know, we've talked about how hamstrings are tricky injuries and not all are the same. Some people can come back in a week. Some people can't. And someone that's apparently very close to Gronk, a report came out, and he said in quotes, I can't believe this wasn't a bigger story in the offseason, kind of alluding to that many media people kind of didn't understand the severity of this injury. And now when you think about the fact that it cost him three weeks, you know, he ran one route the first game. Now he's back. He's barely still running routes. He's barely taking practice reps. Um, I, I'll give you one more week with Brady against the Browns, 
But if you're a Gronk owner and you took him in the first or second round, obviously that's probably where you took him. I'm 90% ready to tell you you made a mistake. And I'll give you one more week before I before I come back on the podcast and really hammer it in. And you probably won't listen if you're a Gronk owner. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if he gets anything less than 50 yards next week, just a warning, a little preview for you. I'm going to tell you you screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone yeah. knows by then. Because that's a yeah, but that's for a tight end. That's kind yep. of what I do, you know. I just rub salt in the wound. <laughs> the thing with the thing with Gronk too is going into it is that his his ceiling is so much higher than really any other tight end out there to where you can almost draft him as a wide receiver too, but have him as your starting tight end and still get another get an actual wide receiver too. And that's well, most, that's what's frustrating is that that's what you're expecting coming into the season, and then right before the season starts, he gets hurt. You know, and now like with knew. Bennett, you know his his ceiling is capped. Bennett's the tight yep. end six right now. Yep. Yeah. You know, so he's it, playing great. Yeah. So I, I don't know if going forward, if maybe Brady will have a lot more say in what goes on, like who what the personnel is out there. But I mean, Bennett is no slouch of receiver as is. I mean, he's not nearly as athletic as Gronk, but hey, he's he's shown over the years that he's he's a good rece- he's a good receiving tight end. So. Yeah, it's it's a frustrating situation if you're a Gronk owner right now. No doubt. No, we're we're gonna move on to the Thursday night preview just real quick. I mean, there's not a lot in this game. Uh, we're not sure if Carson Palmer is gonna play. If he's on your team, I recommend getting another quarterback, somebody off the waiver wire, make a trade. But uh, th- this is a great matchup for him, and I don't know if you want to deal with waiting until the last minute, or if, say you miss it and you leave him in your lineup, you got a big dud right there. Uh, not because because he has a concussion. So, um, what what do you guys feel about the the pass catchers in Arizona? John Brown, Michael Floyd, and Larry Fitz. If uh, Carson Palmer can't go, if Palmer can't go. I really like Fitz more than the other two. I was just he's gonna the, say I'm up on Fitz if Palmer can't go. Yeah, he's he's the safety blanket. He's the he's the guy that they're gonna that Stanton's gonna target the most. Uh, I believe when Stanton came in, that's really the only receiver he threw to, and that isn't that where he threw his interception to? Is that wasn't that targeted towards Fitz? I believe so. I think it was, I think Floyd. So. was it Floyd? Mm-hmm. But yeah, because he got lit up right after it. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely I think Fitz. He's he's the safety blanket. He's the one that every quarterback on that team should trust, and any quarterback that just gets signed onto the team should literally trust. So. Fitz would get a bump up, uh, but it's gonna—it's just gonna be a frustrating game for any receiver if if uh, Palmer's not playing. So it's just—I hope he plays just for the sake of football in general. <laughs> yeah, definitely. AJ, how do you feel about uh, Carlos Hyde going against the Cardinals? Uh, I, you're probably gonna have to play him. He's a well-end RB two for me. My initial rankings—I got him at eighteen. Um, you know, the Cardinals defense has been good, but, but Hyde, you know, uh, he, if they're in the red zone, which I assume they'll get to at least once or twice, he's going to get the carries. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a touchdown. If he doesn't get a touchdown, it's going to be a disappointing outing. So, you know, he's really hit or miss. If you got safer options, I would go with him. But, uh, like, right, in one league, I'm playing Lamar Miller and with Garrett Blunt over instead of Carlos Hyde, even though, you know, their matchups are... Well, once isn't, but Miller's got a tough matchup. But yeah, I, eh, yeah, he's an RB two for me. 
I like yeah, Carlos Hyde. I, I agree with that. But I think you can start him. I think you'll be able to, you know, he's done some good things against some tough defenses, so I think you're going to be able to get some solid fantasy points out of him. But who knows? I mean, that's fantasy football. Did you guys, quickly, did you guys see that Antonio Camardi got cut by the Colts? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> rough, whatever, rough, like, rough whatever. day for Ryan Grigson. Yeah. So yeah. But, uh, that's that's all we've got for you today. Uh, hopefully it worked. You know, hopefully you're listening to me saying that right uh, as you're listening. But uh, we appreciate all the <laughs> listeners. I know we've been a wa- away for a little bit just due to technical difficulties. But don't forget to check us out on Twitter. I'm at Kevin Hickey 11. Uh, Ages at SSAJ Malak NFL. And Jeffrey at JSnides4. Check out QB Mecca on Twitter, QB underscore Mecca, and check out the website. We've got a lot of great stuff. Um, for all your quarterback news, analysis, and fantasy advice, go ahead and check that out. Uh, but we appreciate it. We appreciate all the listeners, and we'll see you next time. Good luck. Talk to you guys later.